Welcome, welcome, welcome to the My Thing Is This podcast. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. And each week, we talk about what's going on in the world. And as we talk about that, I let you know my thing is this, about what's going on in the world. Again, I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Welcome to the My Thing Is This podcast. Stay tuned, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Happy, happy Sunday, everybody. It's Sunday, January 30, 30 of 2022. It's a glorious Sunday. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we should be glad and rejoice in it. Um, welcome to the My Thing Is This podcast. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. And each week we talk about what's been going on in the world. And I tell you, my thing is this about what's going on in the world. But today I have a special guest uh, joining the show. Every now and then I like to bring in guests. Um, this brother is a brother in love, a brother in Christ. He is a native of Groove City, a.k.a. Cambridge, Maryland. He is the brother to my late cousin, Ephraim Wilson. Rest in peace, F. Uh, he is a Naval Academy graduate, and uh, he went to Naval Academy with his boy, the late, great Ernest Haynes, um, did 20 years in the Navy and Navy Reserves, uh, engineering and on subs. His last two duty stations was the Naval Yard and a stint over in Africa. He is married to his high school sweetheart, the sweetheart, uh, the, the, the incomparable principal, Elena Wilson. She's the principal of Lindley Middle School down in Georgia. Um, these are awesome. This is an awesome couple that we look up to. We love. they brothers and sisters to us. They live just northwest of Atlanta down in Georgia. Uh, him and Elena are godparents to my son Joshua. They got an unbelievable dog. Big tidy type by the name of Titus. <laughs> that dude is a character. And uh, right now, Daryl is currently, uh, he's a director in operations at a large elevator uh, company. A uh, company that, that uh, makes and services and does all these things with elevators. And he's also a diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. So welcome to My Thing Is This Podcast, my brother Daryl Wilson. All right, thank you. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. Definitely, uh, this is my first time doing this, so it should be interesting. But I'm looking forward to it. Looking to have fun, exchanging ideas and opinions. It's always good when you can do that. So, um, and just a shout out to you for inviting me. And also, I just want to put the plug in that you know you've been uh, one of my mentors ever since I joined the professional you know ranks. Uh, in my career. So I've always looked to you and, and your wife, you know, for good guidance, <clears throat> good counsel, um, you know, whether that be biblical or just professionally. And um, yeah, I'm just just happy to be here and talk through some topics with you. So. I'm glad you're here, man. Um, and you say it's the first time doing it. So as I say in my promo, buckle up and enjoy the ride. So we're going to buckle up and enjoy the ride, man. I appreciate you. I love you, brother. Uh, you and your bride, brother, you know, y'all like brothers and sisters to me and my wife, uh, your godparents to my son, and um, we just look forward to getting into these topics. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and jump right in. Um, the first topic I want to throw out there is Antonio Brown. You know, Antonio mm -hmm. Brown is the former Pittsburgh Steeler, former Oakland Raider, former New England Patriot, and now former Tampa Bay Buccaneer who... A lot of people are saying is is got CTE is is crazy, and all these other things. And his latest uh, thing that happened was he took his pads and stuff off the sideline at the Bucks game against the, I think it was the Jets, and just walked off and took his shoulder pads off, helmet off, his undershirt off, and jogged to the locker room get the peace signs for the Jet fans, and everybody went crazy. Um, 
I told a couple of my friends up here in the DMV area, DC, Maryland, Virginia area, to wait to see what happens first before we everybody right. starts saying mm-hmm. it's a mental health thing, it's a mental health thing. Just wait for everything to play itself out. And in particular, what I want to talk about is he was on um, the podcast called I Am Athlete with uh, Brandon Marshall and Chad Johnson. Uh, I Am Athlete is a popular podcast that's on YouTube that had um, Brandon Marshall, Chad Johnson, Channing Crowder, and Fred Taylor. Uh, but they went through some internal changes and so Fred and Channing are now out and they started their own podcast with Ryan Clark called The Pivot. Both are great shows. I watch both of them. I'm a fan of them but I watched the I Am Athlete podcast with Antonio Brown just to get an idea of who he is and what he's talking about and I would just say this. The mental health thing that everybody's putting out there by Antonio Brown to me is false after seeing that interview with him on I Am Athlete. Um, watching him move a little bit in that and also seeing the interview he did with Nate Burleson on CBS this morning. And I'm convinced that he's just a different dude. He's not, he doesn't have mental health issues. He's just a different dude. So what are your thoughts on Antonio Brown? Uh, First of all, tremendous athlete, right? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that goes without question. Um, As far as mental, mental uh, illness, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think, I mean, he, you, you listen to him talk. I mean, he makes a lot of sense, right? You know, he's coherent. He knows what he's talking about. Um, but Bob Costas was on the other day talking about him and saying, you know, Hey, he has issues, right? He has issues. And, but also his boy, um, Tom Brady kind of came to, even though they kind of had a little, I think back and forth, but he came to his rescue and said, Hey, look, you know, let's not judge this this individual, right? Let's not judge AB too soon. Um, But I will say this, I will say this, and we talked a little bit about this. I think, you know, like I said, tremendous athlete, he knows what he's doing. um, But I think the way he handled himself, you know, running off the field, taking his jersey off, taking his shoulder pad off, all that, you know, um, like I said, all that, the way he did that makes one or someone say, you know, this guy not, you know, there's something wrong with him, right? I mean, he could have just very well had just walked off, right? Kept his clothes on, walked off the field, just went in the locker room, and that was it. But, you know, he, he threw everything off, you know, bare-chested, jogged across the end zone, hands waving, you know, it's a, like a spectacle, right? So that, that's my thought. I mean, you know, I think he know what he was doing, but – I just think professionally there was a different way of handling that, you know, uh, coming off the field. Hey, listen, that's a fair point. That's a fair point you make. Um, and for me, my thing is this. I saw the <clears throat> I Am interview, I Am Athlete interview, and Brandon Marshall was really, really trying to get Antonio Brown to admit that he does have some mental health issues going on or that maybe he should get some sort of help. And every time he tried to do that, Antonio Brown would just kind of shoot him down. And so what really convinced me was, number one, he talked about um, how the Buccaneers were trying to pay him $250,000 to go and see some professional help that they provided, right? Mm-hmm. And his first response was that to that was, why am I going to go sit down and talk to somebody who doesn't know where I am? He said, I'm from the pit. 
And most of them people, most of the psychologists and, and psychiatrists are from the palace, meaning he came from poverty and they already, mm-hmm. they got there. So he said, how am I going to talk to somebody that doesn't understand where I'm coming from? Understand mm-hmm. my environment, which I came from, and understand, you know, how my life has evolved over time. Um, I thought that was very lucid on his point. The other thing that really, really stood out to me, Daryl, was when he talked about his principles, his integrity, and his values, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we know that's mm-hmm. big just in life, period. And he said basically that, because Brendan Marshall gave the scenario where, well, this is what I would have done. He said, I wouldn't have took my stuff. I would have stayed on the sideline. He said, but in the locker room after the game, I would have went up to Bruce Ains and got in his ear. He got close to Antonio Brown and said, you know what? I'm going to F you up, blah, 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 da, 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 da. And Antonio right, Brown said, that's right. you. He said, that's you. Antonio Brown basically said, I'm going to stand. If you don't want me here, you tell me to get the F out of here, give me the throw slashing sign. I don't want to be here. He said, it was never about the money. And this is what he told Further the point, this is what he told Nate Burleson. He said when Nate Burleson interviewed him on CBS this morning, because Nate Burleson kept telling him, kept telling him he was wrong, he was wrong, he was wrong the way he did it. He said, Nate, do you think that if this was about me not getting enough touches, I would and, and I know there's money out there, I would have not gone back in the game to get my money? He said, Bro, my ankle was jacked up. And it's funny right. because and I'll get back to the I Am Athlete part. They showed the MRI on CBS this morning. And what he said was wrong with his ankle? Now, I'm not a doctor, right? But I guess CBS News confirmed it. CBS this morning confirmed it. He's got torn ligaments and everything else going on in the ankle. He needs he needs mm-hmm. that ankle repaired. Mm-hmm. So, And a lot mm-hmm. of people was like, well, if he can jog off the field. Well, jogging off the field is a completely different from cutting at 15 miles an hour on a dime to, 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 to do a route. You, you see what I'm saying? What right. I'm saying? Yeah. That's a big mm-hmm. difference. That's a big difference. So going back to I Am Athlete, he said, well, Brandon, that's what she would do. He, he basically said, I'm going to stand on my principles. And he said, I got $30 million already. He said, I'm not going to sit up here and cow down to the way these people treat me just for the money. He said, a lot of these players do that. A lot of them will take all this crap from these teams going against their principles and their morals for the money. He said, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. You don't want me mm-hmm. here? I, I got to bounce. I got to bounce. Right. And, and he said, I have integrity with that. So I that right there really, really cemented for me that this dude ain't crazy. Now, mind you, he may need, I don't know if you want to call it some polish, polish on him. That, yeah. Maybe maybe it's a situation where he's not mentally ill. He just makes bad decisions. Right. What do you think about that? that? I, I would no. I would. I would agree with you on that. I mean, he's a professional athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Professional athlete. So there. I mean, there is some professionalism that go along with that. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And and to me, and, and to me, yeah, maybe that's it. You remember? Um, I can't remember who was doing it. Um, uh, man, the, the the receiver from Carter. I think Carter was wasn't he hired by the NFL to to work with these young dudes and you know that they came into all this money, um, and, and just to work with them on how to get more polished and be Chris more Carter? professional. Chris Carter, yeah. what mm-hmm. wasn't he hired? Yeah, I think, wasn't yeah, he I think doing he was. something like that. Yeah, I think he was. Right. So mm-hmm. so I think it's some of that, right? Because 
even if Bruce Arians, you know, gave him the cutthroat and, you know, and told him, hey, you know, you gone or you cut. Like I said before, I think it was a, it was a way he could have handled that mm-hmm. differently, mm-hmm. you know. And so he didn't help his situation at all right. by the way he went off the field. And he just gave his critics more to talk about. Right. right? So then they go back in history and look at all the other things. Now, this is just one more thing. Right. So if he like I said, if he if he wanted to stay there, like Brandon Marshall says, stay on the sideline, then, you know, that that's one option. If he just wanted to get out of there, then you could just, you know, walk off the field, equipment on everything, walk in the locker room. Right. And, yeah. just, you know, wait, wait for Arians and everybody come up in there and then handle his business professionally. But, you know, like I said, take all that off. Now there's memes and everything out with, you know, with him and take all his equipment off and, you know, just his chest, his, his upper body exposed and jogging across the field, you know, that, that right there, you wanted some attention, right? You wanted to draw the attention to yourself. And I don't know if you thought about, maybe you did, maybe you thought about what the critics was going to say mm-hmm. afterwards, but it, to me, it just didn't handle, he didn't handle it professionally. I, here's That's what I also think based on what I've seen from the Nate Burleson interview from I Am Athlete video, uh, a podcast thing, he doesn't care. He don't care. <laughs> Darryl, he don't That's care about what too. people think. He don't care. He's going to do, right. he do what he does. And so I'm going to wrap this up so we and, 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 and real quick so we can segue into another sports topic real quick. But yeah. let me wrap this up by saying this. He... And, and these are the underlying things that I see. We we both, you know, you did 20 years in the military, I did 10, so we're, we're details guys, right? We pay attention mm-hmm. to, the, to the little details that most people don't pay attention to, right? One of the things that struck me about this, right, was d- the way the Buccaneers handled him in the aftermath of when this happened at first and then him coming with receipts, as they say, and the, the receipts proving he told Bruce Arians he was hurt, Proving Mm -hmm. his MRI showed his ankle was messed up. Proving all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And now he's going to file this defamation lawsuit against the Buccaneers for defamation of character by making it seem as they made it seem as though it was a mental issue, and also saying that he skipped this, he skipped that, right? Um, Here's here's the thing that I see about this. He, like Dennis Rodman and other so-called bad boys in sports, will always get. I think the short end of the stick because the machine itself of the NFL and the NBA is bigger than them, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they're exposing how bad these sports leagues can be to people too. You follow what I'm saying? They can, right. they, they can, they can, they're exposing like what he's saying probably is hundred percent true with the way they, these proteins be treating athletes. Nobody really says anything because everybody wants that bag. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And plus, they yeah. want, and plus, they're not going to carry the so-called elites, the Aaron Donalds, the Tom Brady's, the elite players like that, the elite superstars that are so-called the face of the NFL. They're not going to treat them like that. But those guys that are step below that, right? And at one point, Antonio Brown was a superstar. I think he still is a superstar. It's yeah. just so much going Talent. on around him that he just won't get a chance. But because if you look at his numbers, his numbers right now are Hall of Fame numbers. 900-something right. catches, 12,000 yards, right? Right, So right. then the question becomes, if he doesn't play another down in the NFL with those numbers, the numbers say he's Hall of Fame worthy, but you got human beings that take stuff like character into play when they're casting their votes. 
because we're going to segue right. into the Hall of Fame on the other side after this on the baseball side. But they're going to talk about character. He's got the numbers and the reason, and 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 that in itself is what bothers me about these Hall of Fames. Right. Not so much with basketball because basketball pretty much let everybody in. I mean, let's be real. Right, everybody right. gets in basketball right, Hall of Fame, right. right? But with baseball and football, if you don't. If you're nasty to these writers during your career, they won't vote for you. If you have, and then they vote for some people because some people are nice to them, but they got questionable character. While you just surly with them and you got the numbers, they won't vote you in. And the reason why I say this, I'm going to say this one last thing and I'm going to move on. Brian Mitchell, B. Mitch, who still lives in the DMV area and covers the, the Washington football team on Comcast and post game show and all that. Mm-hmm. is second behind Jerry Rice in all-purpose yards with 20 mm-hmm. thousand yards, and he mm-hmm. get a sniff. And it's like, why he's not – because he wasn't the nicest to the media during his playing career with Washington and Philadelphia either, and now he's a part of the media, but those numbers speak for themselves. Yes, he doesn't right. have as many kickoff and punt return touchdowns as Devin Hester, but he's got more large yards and more longevity – and so that's why with Antonio Brown, is it going to be a situation where they're going to keep him out because of reputation? Right, right. Well, yeah, it, you know, I, I, maybe I'm, I'm a little uh, biased yeah. <laughs> in, in a certain way on, on these, right? Yeah, I, I agree. You could put up the numbers. You could be the best boy. But to me, I, I professional, mm-hmm. and, I, and I really – I I put a lot of stock in that professional. Right. Right. Because I, nor you, mm-hmm. as a professional, right, mm-hmm. career professional, right, can do these things exactly and get promoted. Exactly. Or get mm-hmm. the bonuses. Exactly. Or get, you know, all this other stuff that they could still get. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think there has to be some character in there. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean it. it and I mean, I know, you know, like uh, Barkley said, I'm not a role model. Mm-hmm. You know, your parents are a role model and that right. sort of thing. And I, I understand what he's saying, but he's still a professional athlete. Mm-hmm. And I can't act as a professional career person, mm-hmm. you know, in corporate. I can't act like that. Right. And 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 get a pass. Right. Why? Why? Why, why can they? Well, they're still- and they're professionals. Right. Well, well, here's the thing about that. <laughs> and I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you said that. So let's segue into the announcement of the finalists for over this past week of the Baseball Hall of Fame. One guy got in, David Ortiz. Barry Bonds didn't get in, right? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mark McGuire didn't get in. Roger Clemens hasn't gotten in. All these guys that were part of the so-called steroid area era did not get in. However, I want to point this out about David Ortiz. David Ortiz tested positive for a PED back in 2003. Remember when they mm-hmm. sent that that blanket confidential PED mm-hmm. test? His mm-hmm. name came up on it. But if you notice, right, Bonds's name didn't come up on it. Clemens's mm-hmm. name didn't come up on it. Uh, Schilling's name didn't come up on it. There's a bunch of players' names that didn't come up on it. But David Ortiz's did. However, they elected him in the Hall of Fame because they didn't start actual testing for PEDs and steroids until 2004. Mm-hmm. The 2003 test was a was like a a, 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 a a preemptive thing or a preview right. of what they could be looking at. And he, he came right. up on that list. So now David Ortiz gets in. 
Let's talk about Barry Bonds. I believe this is just my my thing is this because this is the my thing is this podcast. My yeah. thing is this. Major League Baseball should be ashamed of themselves. And here's why. When they needed a jolt, when McGuire and Sosa got started, it brought everybody back to baseball. Mm-hmm. Bonds got in on it. Everybody's still in on baseball. Then all mm-hmm. of a sudden it was discovered that maybe these guys are taking something to enhance because a lot of them got bigger and, and so on and so forth, right? And Major League Baseball ate that up. This, the popularity of the sport grew again. You know, chicks dig the long ball, right? That, remember that? Right. Chicks dig the long ball. Bud Saley turned a blind eye to it. All these teams turned a blind eye to it, right? So all of a sudden Bonds comes out and hits 49 home runs a year before and then comes back and hits 73, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden now he's under investigation. Sosa and McGuire's under investigation. Everybody's under investigation. But nobody has been able to – find an actual positive test right. for Barry Bonds for steroids, right? So right. if you can't find a positive test for any of these guys, then Rafael Palmeiro actually had a positive test. Um, if you can't find a positive test for a guy like Bonds, right, then why are you keeping him out? Because truth be told, if you're going to be really objective about this, but Sheely shouldn't have got in. Now, he got in on the Veterans Committee. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. he was still the commissioner that turned the blind eye to this. So he shouldn't have gotten mm-hmm. in at all. You got other guys out there that have done far worse than Barry Bonds in history that have gotten into the Hall of Fame. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the one of the people that comes to mind is Gaylord Perry. Man, Gaylord Perry got 300 wins. But everybody knows that Gaylord Perry doctored them baseballs his whole career. But yet he still got in. Mickey Mantle. Mm-hmm. The so-called great Yankee. I'm a Yankees fan. The great Yankee was a notorious drunk womanizer, and actually, back in the 1960s, actually got steroid injections for his hip because he had a bad hip. And then let's right. talk about the 60s and 70s when entire Major League Baseball was taking amphetamines. All of them, everybody was taking them, but yeah. nobody wants to talk about that. So mm-hmm. for me, Barry Bonds should get in. I should think he should get in on the the numbers from '86 to 2000. Because during that time, he put up 494 home runs. And during that time, he's the only guy in Major League Baseball history to this day to have 400 home runs and 400 stolen bases. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I agree. I, I I think he needs to get in as well. Um, first of all, let me shout out to our uh, native Cambridge, Maryland, uh, Troy Brohorn, mm-hmm. who shut Bonds down. Right. Now, let me just put a shout out to, on gotcha. there that mm-hmm. Troy Brohan Bonds was uh couldn't hit him at all. Right. And, and in fact, he has the best record against Bonds. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, Troy Brohan, mm-hmm. Cambridge, Maryland native, Cambridge South Dorchester High School graduate. Right. Mm-hmm. Now state champion at Salisbury State University as a coach. Gotcha. But um not state champion, national champion, excuse me. But uh but yeah, I mean you said a couple of things and a couple of things I've read, right? They haven't found anything. Mm-hmm. There's no proof. Right. Right. So it's kind of hearsay speculation, mm-hmm. but he has the numbers, which are proof right. that, you know, that he's a great baseball player. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I think he needs to be in there. Right. I think he should. And it's, it's buzz all across social media that, you know, what about bonds? What about bonds? Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think he ought to be in, he ought to be in there. He has the numbers to back it up. Whereas everything else is hearsay, she say, is, is speculative. There's no data or proof 
that that you know he was doing these things. Well, speaking of bonds and speaking of the numbers, let me let me let me let me throw a name at you and and you tell me Uh-oh. should he be in? If I know the name, <laughs> Pete Rose. Oh, wow! You know what? I I think Pete. I mean, so Pete could have been in way back when, right? He was eligible way back when. Mm-hmm. I I think Pete should be in. Right. I think Pete, you know, he, he didn't get in the class where he was eligible. Right. Nor the class after that, the mm-hmm. class after that. Mm-hmm. And I think he's suffered. En- I mean, you know, they they he's suffered enough because of that. Right. But at the end of the day, even though he, you know he was batting and doing all that thing, at the end of the day. He got the statistics and numbers to back up, you know, his play. Right. Right. So, I mean, and like I said, he didn't get in the class where he was eligible, but it's been years. I don't know how many years since he was first eligible. Mm-hmm. I think he, I, you know, I think he should get in. So, it, it, right. This is the My Thing Is This podcast. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Today, I got <laughs> special guest, Daryl Wilson, live from, live from Georgia, a.k.a. all the way from Groove City, Cambridge, Maryland. Um, my thing is this on Pete Rose. Pete Rose didn't bet on baseball until he became a manager. Pete Rose's numbers speak for themselves as a player. So are you putting him in the Hall of Fame as a player or are you putting him in the Hall of Fame as a manager? If you put him in the Hall of Fame as a manager, no. You bet on baseball, bro. Right. If you put him in as a player and you don't have no proof at all that those 3,000 hits and all that Mr. Charlie Hustle that he did, that you got no proof he bet on baseball while he was a player, he needs to go in as a player. And you put him mm-hmm. in as a player. And I would even mm-hmm. go so far as to say we're inducting Pete Rose as the player. And then next to his next to his bust or whatever, we're gonna say, but as a manager, he bet on baseball. Right. And just leave it at that. He's in as a player as because a player. you can't take his yeah. numbers away from him. You cannot take his numbers mm-hmm. away from him whatsoever. And see, and then you talk about and earlier you said about professional, right? This is where I have pause with these Hall of Fame committees. And it's not to challenge what you said about being professional. It's the ambivalence or whatever you want to call it to these writers that have these specific picks about who they want to let in and who they want to and how they'll let somebody in with questionable character. Mm-hmm. What's, the, mm-hmm. what's the guy named Chris? Uh, was it Chris Speaker? Notorious racist. Ty Cobb, notorious racist. Mm-hmm. They're in mm-hmm. the Hall of Fame, right? Mm-hmm. So when you when you look at these Hall of Fame votings, yes, you have to be professional. Yes, there's a character clause, right? But if you're going to have a character clause, it's got to be consistent across the board. Right. That's my no, only, I mean, yeah. That's my own yeah, so it's got to be consistent across the board. That that that's a good a good point, right? So and I and I liken it back to our professional careers. Mm-hmm. Right? We have performance standards and we have what they call uh um uh soft Soft skills, right, which lead to character, right. But there's a, san- a standard of soft skills, right, right? Mm-hmm. that that you're marked or graded by, mm-hmm. right. So getting back to your point of being consistent, maybe they should have something like that. It's not just character, overall character. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's some soft skills in that character that they're graded by, right, across the board, right, right. That way it takes out the biases, it takes out you know just your opinion. And you're actually measuring them on something tangible, so yeah, right, yeah. yeah. I think I think something like that would drive some consistency, and then you you know you would have 
the right people getting in. You would have that character element as as an attribute, but it would be consistent across the board. Right. Exactly. And I think the reason I think the character the character clause that they have is the character clause only really is really brought up in baseball hall of fame. NFL doesn't mm. talk about the character clause. NBA doesn't talk about the character clause. But if you're gonna have okay. a character clause, you have to have specific criteria outlined because yep. there's so many variables that you can come up with that you could say a person's character is maybe compromised or they're not a good character. If you're a racist, hey, that ain't a good mm-hmm. character. If you mm-hmm. are a notorious drunkard that been in trouble, been arrested, been all these things, no, you can't get in. But if mm-hmm. you're telling me that guys like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and all these guys that were suspected of steroids when Major League Baseball never had a policy in the first place. That's the pro- That's one of the major right. problems too. Major, major yeah. League Baseball needs to eat this one. For all those mm-hmm. guys that played in that era, that um, that at, when in two thousand four, anybody that starting at two thousand four and forward, if you are part of this program and you get pus- busted for this from two thousand four until now, then right. it, it messes up your Hall of Fame. Anybody that has never tested positive prior to two thousand four, they should be they should be given a pass. Because yeah. Major League Baseball endorsed. It wasn't a requirement. It, it wasn't a requirement. It wasn't a yeah. testing standard. It should be grandfathered in. Yeah. They should yeah, be grandfathered I, I in. And even yeah. and even Pete Rose to a degree with with what he did on the field as a player, not what he did as a manager, which was bet on baseball. Speaking mm-hmm. of that, great topic. We're going to transition over to, and this is a topic that you came up <laughs> with, the debate of the all-time GOAT. Now, we could probably spend the rest of the podcast <laughs> On this, and the names that you floated out there uh, were Brady, Jordan, Tiger, Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, and Serena Williams. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna throw. Well, I'm gonna let you go ahead and start this off. Who you think (laughs) should be the goat, or is there an order? Is there like a top five, or whatever case may be? Look, I don't have a a top five, but I, I like this topic, right? Because it's on the minds and tongues of everyone, right? right. I mean, now that Brady and, and we maybe we can get into this mm-hmm. this this uh, belief because it's not even reality right now that he's retiring, right? It, it, right. But anyway, um, there's always been a discussion of Jordan, Kobe, you know, and LeBron, mm-hmm. right? Um, haven't been too many discussions about Serena and anybody else right. that I know of right, right. now. Um, well, you well the name yeah. the name the name that you hear associated most with her is number one Margaret Court because Margaret Court is the mm-hmm. one she's chasing to get the all time Grand Slam record. She's already passed okay. Steffi Graf and Chris Everett. So right, Steffi right. may be mentioned every now and then, but her the target for Serena right now, and we can have a separate discussion about that because I'm not sure if Serena's going to catch her because I think motherhood and, and age, I don't think Serena has bought her best self to okay. the matches in order to, to get that match. grand slam. Mm-hmm. I think Serena mm-hmm. needs to take some time out and say, for these next two years, I'm going to get myself back into the shape I was when I was in my 20s and just focus for those next two years and get in that grand slam. And then once you got it, then go off and be wife, mom, all that good stuff. But I think since she's had Olympia, I don't think her body has responded back to getting to that world-class level of right. where she was before, where she just dominating everybody, right? Right. That's that. Right. That's that thing about 
Serena to me. But go ahead, go ahead and finish. So, so yeah, um, Phelps, of course, you know his Mm -hmm. resume, right? right? Um, And so this has been on the tongue. In fact, you know, Bob Costas brought this up uh, as he was on. It was a CNN interview. He was he was on, um, and they were actually talking about AB. And um, but but you know, I've had several conversations with people on this. So you asked me, okay, who who's my goat? Right. Right. Who's my goat? And uh, I'm gonna have to out of the out of the all those greats that I named, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna have to go with Jordan. Okay. Right. Okay. Jordan is Jordan is my goat. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and first of all, let me just say this: Is it fair? Mm-hmm. To to say that there's an overall goat, given that these are different sports, maybe I, I'll, I'll say that is that fair to do to say that there's an overall goat, you know, in sports, given these are different sports played differently and that sort of thing. So I, I just leave that as a backdrop. Okay, so but go ahead. Go so ahead. so to answer your question, <laughs> to answer your question. I'm going to say, yes, it is fair, but I'm also going to say this. The names that you put on that list, Brady, Jordan, Tiger, Phelps, Serena, Simone, they are the goats of their particular sport. Mm -hmm. But now you talk about goats of all sports, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Woo! Jordan, I'll put it to you like this. I'm going to give you a time. My thing is this podcast with Troy Samson. My special guest, Daryl Wilson, is on today. Um, my thing is this. I'm going to give you my top five greatest across all sports of all time. Okay. I'm going to start for number five and work my way down because I want to wait to reveal my number one because it ain't anybody on your list. It ain't okay. Brady. It I'll ain't be- Jordan. It ain't Tiger. It ain't Phelps. It ain't Simone. It ain't Serena. But if you okay. look at your list, Let's just take your list. So coming in, so let's see, you got six on your list, right? So there's, I only going to give five. So coming in at number five, I'm going to say it is, it's a toss-up between, for me, it's a toss-up between Serena and Phelps. That's a toss-up for me. And the reason why I say it's a toss-up, because the three other guys that are on this list are in my top five, Tiger, Jordan, and Brady. They're in my top five. Okay. okay. But it's a toss-up between Serena and Michael Phelps, because Michael Phelps was so dominant with all those medals, and Sabrina, Serena is just so dominant as well, and she's still participating She's right. still playing, so she has a chance to break Margaret Court's all-time record. That right. record will be all-time across anybody. Just think about that for a second. Correct? Yeah. And there may be some people out there listening to this podcast say you're wrong because the men don't have as many. Because you're talking about Federer, you know, mm-hmm. Nadal, and stuff like that. I think they got maybe 20, 21 maybe. Rod Labor is up there too. But Margaret Court has got like 24, 25 or something like that which is leading everybody. And if Serena catches and passes her, I got, I got to put Serena as number five. Okay. I'll put her as number okay. five. I'll, okay. put, I'll put Tom Brady as number four. Right? All right. Tiger as number three. Even though Tiger hasn't caught Jack, um, I think the body of work that Tiger put together in a short time before all the 
to trouble that he had off mm-hmm. the off the course to me is enough to to say to put him in that in that in that position. So you've got Serena, you've got uh, Brady, you've got Tiger, and then of course number two is Jordan. Mm. Jordan. Now Jordan is my okay. goat for basketball. That's no hands. But here's the thing, and I would encourage um, any of the, I would encourage you and any of the listeners out there. There's a video on YouTube by a guy named his his, his YouTube handle was Danger Productions. He did a goat video, a comprehensive goat video, comparing LeBron and Michael Jordan. If you get an opportunity, go to YouTube and look up Dangerous Productions and look for that goat comparison video. He broke it down into categories. And this is probably the most comprehensive comparison I've ever seen of two players considered goats in a sports I've ever seen. It's analytical. It's the eye test. It's all these things. And I, I sent the dude a message. I said, hey, man, you have got to do this for Jordan versus Kareem. Because mm. if he does it, because the criteria that was set was set by individual positions and individual accolades. Like, for instance, you can't compare Jordan and LeBron head up because they play two different positions. But what the guy did, Daryl, was he ranked them by their actual position. Jordan Number one, shooting guard, all time. Right. Number one in all categories. LeBron wasn't the number one small forward of all time. So Jordan won that. Titles, Jordan wins that. You know, mm-hmm. um, uh, overall accomplishments, Jordan wins that. And then he got into all the analyticals, I mean, detailed analyticals. Like, for instance, he talked about, and I'll give you this one, then I'll move on, where he talked about field goal percentage. LeBron has a better field goal percentage than Michael Jordan so LeBron shoots right around 50.1 on his career. Well, Michael right. Jordan is right around 48, 49. But okay. here's where he got detailed with it. He said the only reason why LeBron's field goal percentage is, is that high is because he shoots a lot of dunks and layups. Inside three feet, right. he's 70%. Outside of three feet, he's 30. Okay. So okay, well- if so if you shoot a high volume of dunks and layups outside of outside of three feet and you're terrible, it balances it balances itself out to be fifty percent. But he's nowhere near the shooter outside three feet than Jordan is. It's right. ana- it's analytics like that, right? So right. the reason why I want him to do Kareem and Jordan is because I'm not sure jo- I'm not so sure Jordan would win that one. So Kareem's your number one, obviously, right? No, no I'm not gonna say he's number one. <laughs> I'm not gonna say he's number one. I'm not gonna say he's. I'm not gonna say he's number one. No, he's not number okay. one. Oh no, he's not number one at all. He's not your number one. He's okay, not my number all one. right. But when it comes okay. to the go to basketball, if this guy breaks uses the same criteria he used to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron James, man, it would be tight between him and Kareem. Go check the video out. Get a chance right. to Danger Productions, the Goat Debate. Check it out right. in its entirety. And then we'll have a conversation about it. And then you think about what Kareem has done versus what Jordan has done. And then we had that conversation. Cause so, so, I'm not sure so if Jordan be- would beat Kareem in that GOAT comparison. So before you, get to, before you get to your number one, you asked me, you know, talk about my number one. So I, I said Jordan, mm-hmm. right? So it's one to me, and this is this is me. These are my opinions. This mm-hmm. is how I feel about um Oh, hold, a, on, hold on, You got to say, well, my thing is this, because this is the my thing. My, is thing, my thing is this, because this is my thing is this podcast. There you go. There um, you go. Jordan, 
right? Got the numbers, like all these others that I mentioned, right? right? Mm-hmm. Has the numbers. The thing with Jordan, to me, and this is my thing is this, because this is my thing is this podcast. Right. The thing with Jordan is he, to me, transcended the game. Yeah, I agree. He, to me, took his sport to a whole nother level, right? Just, just, just like, you know, it, to me, it was like, it was like organized basketball by everyone, you know, up until Jordan came on the scene. Then it was the flashiness. It was the, the you know, shorts, we had the, the Dollar J's, we had the magic, we had all that. Mm-hmm. But then it was, you know, and not only was I putting up great numbers, mm-hmm. I was doing it in a way that you had never seen before. Right. Right. You know, the, the I was defying gravity and doing all kinds of stuff. But not only that, it is generational now. And, and that's with his, right. not so much his numbers and everything, mm-hmm. but his marketing, his brand. Is Nike wasn't even thought about, right? Really, until Jordan came on the scene, right? Mm-hmm. And he took that Nike deal, and you know they was like, "Well, what you doing, man?" That basically, say you crazy to do that. But anyway, um, so it's more to. I mean, he got the numbers, right? He has the numbers, but it's a household name, and I don't care what generation you in. It's a household name, mm-hmm. right? And that might be because of Brandon, not so much about his numbers, right? But it is a household name, mm-hmm. and that that to me that has a lot of weight. That has a lot of weight as far as him being labeled the greatest of all time in, and I'd say all sports. All right, so are you ready so, for my? So we go ahead. You, you ready go ahead. My, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Drum roll, please. Hold on. Applause, please. <laughs> <laughs> my number one or my goat, my greatest of all time. And I'm going to preference this by saying this is the only, the one and only professional athlete that I've heard ever be able to talk trash to Michael Jordan and put him in his place. The mm. only one ever. Cause you know, Michael's notorious trash talker. He's the mm-hmm. only one. And he's the only one that I think Michael Jordan holds in the highest respect. Mm-hmm. My number one, my goat is Wayne Gretzky. Oh. The hockey player. Yeah. The reason why Wayne Gretzky is my goat. Wayne Gretzky won only four Stanley Cups. Michael got six NBA championships. But right. Wayne Gretzky has 10 records in the NHL that are unbreakable. One of them is being chased right now by my guy, my favorite, one of my favorite players in the, in the National Hockey League right now. Matter of fact, my the favorite player, Alice Ovechkin, which is goals scored over a career. Mm-hmm. Okay? I'm going to get to these records. I got to bring my phone up on this one. So, number 10. These are 10 records that Rain Gretzky has that I don't think anybody will ever break. The Art Ross Trophy. The Art Ross Trophy is the trophy for the leading point scorer in a single season. He won 10 of them. Imagine wow. now, 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 Michael Jordan, now, this is equivalent to Michael Jordan's scoring titles. Wayne mm-hmm. Gretzky has won 10 of them. 10. Mm-hmm. He won 10. Most goals in a season. 
92 goals in a season. Right now, most people are lucky to get 50. He had 92 goals in the 1981-82 season. Okay? Number yeah. eight, assist in a season. Now, somebody might get close to this because guys put up a, the number of assists over a period of time, um, 135, something like that. 163 assists in a season. Okay? In one season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most professional goals in a career. Now, he actually scored 894 in the NHL. But they're also counting his WHA goals as well before he got to the NHL. So the most professional goals all together, 1,072. But his goals in the NHL are 894, which Alex Govetchen is chasing now. Most career assist, 1,963 goals. I mean, 1,963 assists. That's equivalent to 755 home runs or 3,000 hits in baseball. Right, right. All right, right. Now, now here's the one that's going to stand out the most to me. Heart trophies. The heart trophy is the equivalent of the MVP in all the other sports. Okay. Nine. Nine. How many seasons Gretzky did? He did, what was it? He played, what, 15? I don't know if he played, I don't know if he played maybe 20 seasons, 15, 20 seasons, something like that. Okay. But he okay. got nine MVP nine. trophies, right? Now, yep. most career points, 2,800 career points. The next closest person, 1,600. And that was Jean-Mir Yager. Okay. Three seasons, three consecutive seasons, three consecutive 200-point seasons. You know how hard it is to get 200 points? He had three straight seasons. Mm. Then, you know Joe DiMaggio's got the 56-game hitting streak in baseball, right? Mm-hmm. Wayne Gretzky's got the 51-game point streak, meaning in 51 straight games, he scored at least a point, whether it's a assist or a goal. Okay? The closest mm-hmm. person to get to that, I think it was Sidney Crosby back in 2010 with a 25-game streak. Okay? So, I'm not even going to finish. Well, and then his, last, <laughs> his numbers are there. His, his numbers last, are there. His last record was 50 goals in 39 games. It takes people – It takes the, the NHL plays an 82-game season. It mm-hmm. takes guys 82 games to get 50 goals. He had 50 goals in 39 games. Mm-hmm. This to me, and 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 I'm a and I'm a back this up. My argument, he's the goat, is because he is the most dominant athlete in any sports team history, with those okay. numbers. Right. Nobody's right. gonna get into those numbers now. Right. Hockey fans, diehard hockey fans, will argue. Well, he played on a stacked Edmonton Oilers team. Edmonton Oilers did have a squad. They had Yari Curry, Mark Messier. They did have a squad. They had Grant Fuhrer, the black the brother and the goalie. They did have a squad during that time. But the numbers, I mean, the numbers are just so far out there, Daryl, that nobody's ever even going to come close. They were sure, they, sure. Edmonton was a team that knocked off, and this is what got me into hockey. Back in the day, hockey used to come on and tape delay on USA Network. And I remember my first experience with hockey was I watched the New York Islanders win four straight Stanley Cups 
but pretty much during the hockey season, during the hockey playoffs or Santa Cup finals, every night they played at 10 o'clock, I would stay up and watch the games. And I watched them win four straight. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. the next year, Edmonton came along and beat them. And that's when Edmonton came on and started doing their thing. The reason why – now, somebody may say, well, why aren't you showing love to the individual sports? You know, he had to have help. Just like Jordan had to have help. Tom Brady had to have help. And I'm not taking anything away from Tiger, Serena, or Michael Phelps. But this guy's numbers are just so far out there. Yeah. And so whatever. And like I said, this is the only person that they've known to record in our time frame right now that is able to tell the actual, everybody, the person who thinks he's the GOAT, to put him in his place. When he right. walks into a room, he talks crap to Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan got so, to take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think there is a, so you, you talking numbers, right? And I think that, you know, that's your criteria, right? Well, that, wait a minute numbers. now. Well, wait a minute now. I mean, it, it's, part, it's, it's part of it. It's part of it. But the numbers can't be done without the skill. Wayne Gretzky right. bought hockey to L.A. You talking about how, yeah. how George so elevating Trenton, Tristan, yeah, and, yeah. and Trenton, when when he left, yeah. when they got tired of him in Edmonton, they sent him to the L.A. Kings, and then L and then hockey became fashionable in L.A. Mm-hmm. It became mm-hmm. fashionable in L.A. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. bought hockey to the West Coast because remember, up until then they had no West Coast teams, and of course, if you look at the history of the L.A. Kings, the L.A. Kings got what three or four Stanley Cups. Right. They won them back in what 2000 between 2000 I want to say 2012 and 2015 they got three or four cups but he made hockey fashionable everybody came and you know Hollywood is for the stars all right. of Hollywood like a Laker game all of Hollywood would go to LA Kings going to hockey Okay so so I guess to that point and I see your point mm-hmm. I get your point when you hear these conversations, whether it be, you know, sports commentators and others. Right. You don't hear Gretzky in that same conversation. You don't. You don't. Why do you think that is? Because because hockey is not considered a big time sport like the big three. Baseball, right. football, and basketball, those are the big time. Like I gave you another example. You don't ever hear him talk about the greatest person in NASCAR either. Mm-hmm. You don't hear him talking about that right now. Lewis Hamilton in Indy in Indy five hundred or Indy, in, in uh, Indianapolis or whatever you call it, um, Formula One racing. Right. Right now, Lewis Hamilton, a young brother from England, is on his way to being a goat in Formula One racing. If he's not yeah. the goat, he's going to be the goat by the time he gets done. But nobody's mm-hmm. talking about Lewis Hamilton that way. It's like they're not talking about Gretzky that way because. These sports are not considered mainstream, popular sports in the landscape of sports. Right now, you'll get right. you'll get them talking about Ronaldo and uh, Messi and Pele and Maradona and all these guys in soccer because, so- but it's only talked about outside of this country. In this country, the only sports that are really king in this country right now are the big three, and they've always had been. The baseball is kind of taking a back seat, but right now football in the NBA is king right now. And the only reason why NFL is king is because of the revenue they're bringing in and the fact that 
they don't have as much activism going on in the NFL. So everybody's cool with that. NBA, mm-hmm. you know, Adam Silver's like, well, y'all black man with live shirts. Speak up when you want to. NFL, mm-hmm. no, you need to shut up and play. And so mm-hmm. that caters to a broader audience that are more fans of the NFL than, say, the NBA. NBA's right. got a lot of fans. Right. And then on top of that, I think the, 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 the Houston Rockets guy, the general manager, who's the general manager of the Sixers now, Daryl Morey, kind of messed up that, that up worldwide too because he said them things about China. And China is mm-hmm. one, outside of the United States, China, NBA is big in big China. Bad, big yeah. basketball. Oh, big yeah. basketball. Yeah. So, yeah. so, I mean, I hear your point. I hear your point, Daryl, that you don't hear Gretzky <laughs> talk about. But you threw it. That's a curveball, though, because – Gresky, yeah, that's a curveball. That ain't, I, a, that ain't you know, a curve. Maybe. That's a split finger fastball, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're right. But you know, and I think that's our. Uh, I don't know. I mean, that's our generation. Maybe generation before us. We didn't know much about hockey, right? Um, but 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 Gresky was a household name. You did hear about Wayne Gretzky, right. even if you didn't watch one hockey game, right? Right. So you heard about him. So when you talk about goat. Of all sports across all time, Gretzky's my guy. I love Mike. I, I, I listen. <laughs> that, like I said, Mike is that guy in basketball. LeBron, this LeBron talk, but I gotta kind of say, when you, if you talk about top five goats of basketball, I go Mike one. I gotta go Kareem one A. I just gotta mm-hmm. go Kareem one A. But, and a lot of people will say, well, what about Bill Russell? Bill Russell just had numbers, man. He just had championship rings. Right. He didn't dominate. He was just a defensive guy. Wilt was more that guy dominating and in, in, in the middle and stuff like that. But I have to say Jordan right. is one in basketball with Kareem being 1A. Mm-hmm. And I would even put Kobe above LeBron. I'll put Kobe above yeah. LeBron. LeBron yeah. just has longevity, which is one of the things that is – I think it's the only out of the five different criteria I think that – the guy did the comparison on, I think longevity. Oh, long it was longevity and points or numbers, and they go hand in hand. LeBron right. has played longer than Jordan, so he's gonna have more mm-hmm. points. He's gonna have more rebounds. Probably have more assists because of the longevity factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But when you put it in the body of work, Jordan is six and zero in NBA championships. He's six and zero. And I would yeah. say I, I would even argue this about Jordan. If they have found some way to not break them up after the last one, I think they would have won a seventh in the decade of the nineties mm-hmm. um, easily. Well, I'm gonna right. say easily because it got tough at the very end because everybody was oh, yeah. burnt out. Everybody gunning for them. yeah. But I, but I still I still say. With maybe a few different, a few additions or pieces there. If you kept Robin Jordan and Pippen, and being able to kept Robin, you know, focus, and you add a couple more pieces around them, um, young pieces around them that would buy, buy into it, I think they would have limped into that last that seventh. Mm-hmm. Because if you notice, right, they never went past six games in any of the finals. Then it was either four yeah, one or four yeah. two. They never went six. They never went never seven six. games in the finals. Mm-hmm. Now the Pacers took them seven games in the in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals, but in the finals he's six and zero. Oh. And you know, there's a lot of young fans out there that would argue about. Well, you know, Jordan had a stacked team. Well, 
if you really think about how stacking was done, LeBron is the only one guilty of that. Well, he decided right. yeah. in, his, in this generation, because if you look at all the teams that everybody keeps saying, well, the Lakers were stacked. Well, James Worthy was drafted. Kareem was already there and Magic was drafted. The other mm-hmm. guys were picked up as free agents or through trades, right? Nobody in those eras decided to go play together. And right. it's funny because <laughs> Al Harrington came on I Am Athlete. Um, Al Harrington, former NBA player who has gotten, who's left the NBA and has transitioned over to marijuana now, CBD and marijuana. Mm-hmm. That's his business now, right? Legally, right? And he was on there talking to Brendan Marshall and them. And the one thing he talked about was um, LeBron. And he said, the reason why LeBron is so like revered by other guys in this league, like like he is, is because this era, he said he said everybody's a fanboy of LeBron. He said if you go back to the 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 sixties, seventies, eighties, and nineties, them he said them guys wasn't friends. They didn't hang out in the off season. They didn't do none of that stuff. And when they got mm-hmm. on the court, you was their mortal enemy. He said like now mm-hmm. because of AAU, social media and stuff like that. Everybody's cool with each other. Everybody's friends with each other. He said back then in Jordan era and, and, and before that, man, them guys was trying to kill each other. Right. But now everybody's yeah. friends. And he said that that's why nobody really goes after LeBron, you know, like they did back in the day. People went after mm-hmm. Jordan. They went mm-hmm. after Jordan. They went after Reggie Miller. They went after all the superstars back then because it was like, yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to show you who the real deal is. And, and they wasn't, you know, afraid to knuckle up. But mm-hmm. yeah, uh, did I surprise you with my number one? Yeah, that yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, that one came out. <laughs> I wasn't even see that. I wasn't even thinking hockey at all. Right. Not alone Wayne Gretzky, but but I, you got a point. Yeah, and no, and no, he, and, no, he, and was notice, bad. he was bad. Right, and notice in the conversation, right? Notice in this conversation, the guy, the, the people you mentioned, right? And I'm not taking anything. I think Simone is the greatest gymnast ever because. Um, I would I would put her because everybody keeps saying Mary Lou Retton and all these other yeah. people and Nadia yeah. Comaneci. I would say Nadia Comaneci. I would say Simone Biles, Nadia Comaneci, and I would say Olga Olga Corbett, the old Russian gymnast mm-hmm. back in the day. Yeah, those mm-hmm. those would be my top my top three or four or five whatever gymnasts of all time because Nadia did something nobody else was able to do, and the reason why I put Olga up there. Somebody posted a video on social media, was it yesterday, that was an old film of a move that Olga Corbett did on the parallel on the uneven parallel bars that was banned after she did it. She nailed it. And they banned it because nobody else could do it. And so I don't know if you've been keeping up with them with Simone, but a lot of people was like going into the Olympics was like hating. Not on Simone, but hating on the judges and, and and claiming racism because Simone came up with a tumble that nobody else could do. Right. And that tumble, yeah, I, I know. Yep. Yeah, and, and 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 they wouldn't. <laughs> and the tumble that nobody else could do, they would never give her a perfect ten for it. It was a tumble nobody else ever done, and she would nail it every time. But they would never give her a perfect ten. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. it was like this bias against her because nobody else could do it. So mm-hmm. the reason that's the reason why I put Olga up there in my top three. And I'm not taking anything from taking any anything away from Mary Lou Retton. I think Mary Lou Retton was great. 
Um, I think Dominique Dolls and, and those 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 ladies, you know, even before Simone were great. But those are my top three. Nadia, right? Uh, Simone, Nadia, and Olga Corbett are my top three in, in, in terms of gymnasts. Michael Phelps in, in swimming, he's he's obviously number one. But you got to show some love to them ladies too, because there's some ladies oh, out yeah. there yeah. that's got some yeah. medals out there too that you could say. It's challenging Michael Phelps's too, because I know that what's the mm-hmm. what's the lady? Um, she just competed um, in this last Olympics. The, the one that, that swims the long races that nobody can beat. I know you're talking about. I can't. I can't yeah. call the name right it's now. It's not Amy Van. Like, um, yeah, you know mm-hmm. what I'm talking about. But she swims those mm-hmm. 1500 meters, and she like beats everybody by like 15, 20 seconds, or 15 or two, three minutes. She beats everybody by. So you got some ladies out there that's that's racking up some medals. Um, but you got to give some love to Allison Felix. You yeah. Know, she's the most decorated yeah. woman out there. Oh, yeah. Try, yeah. You got to yeah. give some love to Allison Felix, You're man. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's the most decorated That's... one out there. And, and, and I, I mean, think... we didn't talk about uh, we didn't talk about Hussein Bolt either. But, I mean, right. you know, we can't. Yeah, <laughs> that but... list could go long. But, you know, yeah, I just yeah, wanted but... to introduce that topic to you. Right. Yeah. But Hussein <laughs> Bolt, to me, I don't know if I can give him that love. Daryl, um, as dynamic as he was and as, as as big as he was, I I don't. I guess I could. I guess I could because he did it. He did it for for a number of years, yeah. and he just blew everybody away. I guess I could give him that love. It wasn't even close. Yeah, it wasn't even close. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to put him up there. You got to put him up there. But even still, though. Allison Phil is still more decorated than he is. Though, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. She is. You know, she, yeah. she, 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 yeah, is, she, she is. is that lady. And I and I feel kind of bad for those that are coming behind, especially Mr. Young, Shakira Richardson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and 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 when her whole thing went down, you know, you talk about professionalism, right? You know, if you know that smoking weed will get you banned, and you're about to enter the biggest stage in your life, right? Of right. any of any photography athlete, which is the Olympics, and you're about to go up against the Jamaicans. And you lost right. a you lost a parent that you and I'm not gonna question how everybody grieves. I, I'll put that out there first. I'm gonna say this first. I will never question how anybody grieves. How you grieve or love over a lost one is your business. But I would just say this: you lost a mom that you really didn't know, right? And I can understand there's some feelings behind that. Um, but to smoke something that you knew will get you banned and you're being tested, it makes me wonder and. If you look at who her coaches are, Dennis Mitchell, notorious bad boy. Remember Dennis Mitchell mm-hmm. from back in the day? Mm-hmm. He got busted mm-hmm. for performance enhancing drugs. Mm-hmm. And her training mm-hmm. partner is Justin Gatlin. Oh. Remember Justin Gatlin? Mm-hmm. Now, oh yeah. Now if you if you if you follow with the, the the crime world, so to speak, what Justin Gatlin did to get reinstated is the equivalent of the ultimate snitching. They had him ready to ban him for life back in 2004, I think it was. They was ready to ban him for life, Daryl. But he copped the plea and basically snitched to get reinstated after a couple years instead of taking that ban. Right. So now you got these two people, right? And then all of a sudden, she smokes weed, can't can't run in the Olympics, right? It doesn't necessarily mean you can't train. You just can't uh, compete in, you know, sanctioned events during that time. So you got 30, 30 to 45 days to go by, right? So she finally comes out of the hiatus and runs against the Jamaicans. 
and comes in dead last. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of us out there in the world watching that, and then she competes again and comes in fourth, right? For a lot of us out here in the world, the first thing that came to my mind was she smoked weed to cover up PEDs. Because they said in track and field, that's one of the ways people cover up PEDs. So I took a deep dive on the details and looked at the U.S. Anti-Doping Commission's list of people that have been banned. Right. This was her first ever offense. There have been people, sprinters, on that list that have been banned, that got banned after their second and third pop of marijuana. She got banned on the very first. First one. Some people, and it shows in their record, they got a verbal warning for, for marijuana. She got completely oh. banned. And nobody questioned why that is. Nobody said, hey, we looked at the UST, US, uh, anti, US doping records, and we see that such and such runner, back in 2016, his first offense of marijuana, he got a warning. His second offense, that's when y'all banned him for two years. Shakira Richardson mm. gets one marijuana test, and she gets banned and not get a verbal warning. Did they change any of the rules from 16 to no. now? I, I mean, no. I didn't look at that. Is it the same Bruh, rules? Same listen, guidance? Listen. So then, yeah. Them rules are there. They're arbitrary because everything is all about money. Money. Yeah. Think about it. If yeah. they had, if well, they had mean, given her a verbal warning, it would have set the stage for a showdown with the Jamaicans. And if she's dirty, it would have came out. That she's dirty. Mm-hmm. Now, Elaine Brown, Fraser Price, Sharika Jackson have never tested positive for any of these substances. So when Shakira goes out, comes in dead last. I mean, dead last. I don't know if you saw yeah, it. I saw dead that on last. YouTube. Yeah, I did. Yeah. It's like, okay, so you can't run, but you can still train though. Right. You can't run, but you can still train. You can, if you want to simulate running against women, you can train and run against men. Right. Because the men are faster. Let's just keep it real. They're faster. Mm-hmm. So if you want to train and, and simulate that real time speed, you can train with the men to keep mm-hmm. your speed up. Yeah. 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 That's why I was. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, man, but, this is some PEDs, bro. This is some PEDs. Going but like, on. Something, to something, your point, though, to your right. point, right? To your point, I mean, we talked touched on this earlier about character and right. what 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 falls under character, and you brought that point home of, you know, why would you, biggest stage in the world, right? Why would you even tamper, right, with smoking marijuana, knowing it's a banned substance, right? Why would you even tamper with it? I, I, well, like I said, Question. I can't I can't tell everybody how to grieve. You might have a handle, good point. How they how they handle their grief. I can only speak for me. If I know mm-hmm. I'm about to compete in the Olympics and my mom died, Babs died, right? Passes away suddenly. Number one, I know she will me to compete because mm-hmm. that's been my dream and I would do it in her honor. Number mm-hmm. two, if I needed a release, that's why they have Easy Jesus, E and J. That's why they have Hemrock. That's why they have Coke 45. That's why they have Ciroc. That's why they have, you know, uh, what's, it, what's, it, what's, the, what's the latest tequila out there? Casamigos. You know, that's why they have Grey Goose. I would go on a couple day bender 
Just drinking something. something. Talk to somebody. Something. Something. You know <laughs> right. What I'm something. And you're, and you're yeah. telling. And you're, so you're telling. And this is the other thing that came up too. I'm glad you said talk to somebody. You're telling me a world class Nike athlete can't pick up the phone and say, "I need to talk to somebody." And Nike or U.S. Track and Field get the best, you know, therapist, yeah. sports, sports therapist on a plane just like that to talk to yeah. her. Yeah. When you get to that level, when you get to that level, stuff is done for you. When you get to that level, stuff is done for mm-hmm. you. Because I, be, I recall, um, and then we'll move on because we got a couple other topics to cover. But I recall when Deion Sanders, coach over at Jackson State, HBCU, shout out to Jackson State, bought the social media chick, Brittany Renner on. The girl mm-hmm. that so-called trapped PJ Washington and she's a social media person. She bought him in to talk to his players. A lot of people were up in arms about that, right? And I talked about right. this on my podcast that I did with Kevin Williams. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I thought he, him and I were in agreement. It was brilliant. But one of the things she said was, when you get to that level of influence, she said, listen, everybody wants to be around me. And it's like being in this. I got my pick of everything. People are doing stuff for me that I don't even ask them to do for me. People are right. handing me stuff on a silver platter. You are Shakari Richardson, the United States' next great hope in women's 100 meters and 200 yep. meters. You don't think that there are people in this country that are bending over backwards for you? Nike bending over backwards for you? You tell me, all the athletes Nike got, and they don't have access to they don't have access to a support psychologist or a therapist. Heck, they could probably get Dr. Phil on a plane in a, in, in, in a yeah. short notice. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So when you said talk to somebody, that stood out too. So I had I had to I had to touch on that. I had to yeah. touch on that. All right. So the next topic segue into we're gonna talk about is um and we're going to politics now in the government. So Uh-oh. so Biden so the Supreme Court seat is coming up. Mm-hmm. And Biden made it known and made it clear to everybody he wants an African American to fill that position. Female. Female. Female African-American. Right. Right. Female African-American. So they've, com- they've I think they, 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 their, conf- their confirmation is um, Judge J. Michelle Childs, um, who is, I think, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the District of Columbia. She served under, um, what's the guy's name? His name is slipping my mind right now. Uh, he's a Democrat. Um Oh my gosh, his mind is slipping my name right now. He is um she 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 served on district court in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And she is Yeah, she's handled a lot of stuff, man. She's 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 not a rookie at this. And of course, you know, her being elected, she will be the first African American uh woman to ever be on mm-hmm. the Supreme Court. She's a graduate of the University of South Florida Honors, uh, Honors College, also University of South Carolina School of Law and School of Business and Duke University School of Law, right? Mm-hmm. So she is well qualified for that seat. You know, when you start throwing Duke in there, man, Duke is like that outside the Ivy League schools. And I think that's one of the things they're trying to, they they talking about trying to hold against her is that all the other Supreme Court justices that are on there, they're all are Ivy League school graduates. So right. I don't think that matters to me. 
No. I don't think that matters. So what, what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on on him? Uh, first of all, Biden said he's going to put a black woman on there. What are your thoughts on this, the whole process, period? Well, first he ran on it. I think uh, that was part of his campaign, right? So to me, he's, you know, he's trying to um, fulfill on his campaign promises, you know, with all, even the cabinet members being diverse, right? Um, and now, you know, with the Supreme Court justice opening up, uh, having a diverse candidate there. Um, the whole process of confirmation, I, and this is, this, this is, uh, my thing is this podcast, right? So my thing is this. That's right. I don't get it. I'm just being honest mm-hmm. because I look at Kavanaugh, right? Right. And I look at the one that came out. Uh-huh. No matter what you talk anybody about said, you talk about Comey. Yeah, yeah. No matter what anybody said, though. No matter no, all the, the 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 people that were against mm-hmm. him, you know, being in uh, Supreme Court, right? Right. Um, it, it didn't matter. Right. Right. It didn't matter. He still is going to get in there anyway. So, I, and it, it seemed like that's the case. I, I don't know. I could be wrong, but you know, it gives everybody the opportunity to 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 vet this person, is mm-hmm. to say, you know, state their opinions mm-hmm. and why they disagree, right. why they don't want it. But at the end of the day, it seems like to me, it, it goes forward anyway. Right. I got Amy Comey Once Barrett. Did, Amy Comey Barrett was the Amy the, Comey Barrett. Yeah. But but then the one before her. Um, yeah, Brett, Brett Kavanaugh. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I mean, you know, so they dug up his past, a whole lot of different stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, he flat out wouldn't answer questions. Right, got pretty hostile with people. Right, right. right. But at the end of the day, he in there. Well, here, here's here's the same thing. with her. Right, she in there. Here's here, here's so, the thing. Here's so it's just like uh, I'll make this point, it, and, and then we, and then you know, it, it's to me, it's just like checking a box almost mm. right here's my car here's the person i'm putting up there y'all just go ahead and beat the person down for theatrics mm-hmm. right find dig up the dirty on them mm-hmm. but at the end of the day it's not stopping it right it, it, you know that person's still gonna be in there yeah i don't know maybe you have another that maybe you have another opinion about it but that's the last two that's how i seen you know you know that whole process work out well, I, you know, I, I mean, listen, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm right in line, lockstep with you, um, but I think it's a bigger thing. I think it's a, it's a, it's a Republican thing. It's always been a Republican thing, because here's the thing about that, right? So, um, our guy <laughs> Mitch from Kentucky, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when President Obama had the opportunity to appoint a Supreme Court justice. Oh, you can't do that in the middle of an election, or you can't do that before such and such and such and such. Then all of a sudden, it came time for, you know, to them to put somebody else in when RGB passed away, Ruth Bader, Ruth, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Bader Ginsburg passed away. Oh no, you can't rush, you can't rush, you can't rush. Mm-hmm. Then they turned around and did the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So the process is always going to be, and my thing is this: is the process is going to be um, flawed already. I think we have. 
and we can we can go down this road into morals and standards and character and integrity and stuff like that. And I think, you know, we've abused as a society our free will. I think we've right. abused it. I think we've compromised morals and principles and things of that nature. I had this conversation. Ooh. I had this conversation with um an advocate that helped us get Joshua into private placement in high school about this. And one of the things that I said was, and this was centered around education was, I think I might have talked to you about this too, but make it so that if you're an electrical, make it so that all elected positions um, from the federal all down to the state, right? All electric positions, when you serve in that position, you are only allowed to receive money for your position. Mm-hmm. And whatever your finances are, the time you took that position, or what they're going to be when you finish and going forward. And what I mean by that is, is we all know lobbyists and how, many, how much money is being poured into people's campaigns and stuff like that. And I remember um, listening to or, or, or reading an article Related to um, uh, the rich, and I talked about this. I think it was last week. I talked about some of my podcasts about the rich being too rich, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there was an entrepreneur, Indian guy, who said that you shouldn't put a cap on people being too rich. You should be. You should put a cap on how how they how their richness influences society. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, you and I are billionaires, right? We come from humble beginnings in Cambridge, Maryland. We built ourselves up, and now we're billionaires, right? Mm-hmm. But with our billions, right, we're able to influence what happens in this world. Right. As opposed to having our billions to be able to enjoy the fruits of our labor and to give it away. We can also shape policy. We can also mm-hmm. shape society. And that's the point he was making was that no billionaire should be able to influence the way society operates. Yeah. You should be yeah. the only way you influence the way society operates is is you buying up, you know, your luxury stuff. You showing off. Other than that, you shouldn't be able to have a hand in politics. You shouldn't be able to have a hand in in in, in government, whether it's mm-hmm. state, local, or federal. You shouldn't have a hand in anything. Yeah, your influence just, should be just like ours, voting. It's right. It, it should you shouldn't <laughs> have a hand in any of that stuff. And right. so what happens is you have this over time, and it's always been this way, but people just having so much money, they're influencing things. Right. You know? You know, yeah, you, um, and, 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 I know it's, and that's what, oh, go ahead. and that's what it comes down to with these selections too. Watch, watch, I, I would not be surprised if she doesn't get that seat because mm-hmm. of some opposition from somebody from somewhere. And mm-hmm. we're, li- and we're living with our heads in the sand thinking, and we're all, we, we keep one of saying, well, you know, racial, uh, races, racial strife or racism has gotten better than it was, you know, back when Dr. King and Malcolm X and all those folks were here. It, it, it has, but at the same time, the vestiges of it still exist. Mm-hmm. You know, so when you hear people talk about, well, you know, my, I, I, I didn't own no slaves, but who, who, who is your great grandfather, great, 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 great grandfather? What is their lineage? Were they a part of that? If they were a part of that, and you've had generational wealth passed down, 
then you're a part of that. You can't deny that. Mm -hmm. But what you can do is you can say, okay, yes, I was a part of that. Let me do my part to to change that narrative. But a lot of people won't. A lot of people Mm -hmm. won't. But anyway. Well, you touched on something about uh, integrity and uh, morals. And I, I mean, you know, that hasn't been more apparent to me than over the last couple of years about people, you know, lack of morals right. and integrity. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe I just wasn't following it close enough. Maybe I was just naive to it. But man, the stuff that and 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 I sit up and think about some of these politicians, what do they tell their kids? Do they tell their kids the same stuff? Right? That 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 the insurrection never happened, right? Even though you can see it on video, or right, you know, these were good people, or just the stuff is just stuff that actually happened is not happening, and it's a figment of our imagination. Yeah, I'm just totally blown by all that because whether you Democratic or Republican. A lie is a lie. Right. We all grew up mm-hmm. talking about, you know, not lying. Right. I mean, you know, and a lot of people want to throw, you know, the, um, their 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 faith into this, you know, mm-hmm. Christian and that sort of. Well, that makes it even worse <laughs> if you are Christian. Yeah. And and you lie. Mm-hmm. And then you want to fall back on your Christianity. But you're blatantly lying. Mm-hmm. Right. And I often think, right. And I know we were talking about, you know, the Supreme Court justice, but I also often think like some of these people, what do they tell their kids? Like, how are they raising their kid? Are they raising them one way not to tell a lie and doing something totally different? Or are they raising them that same way? Right. Because all through school, when we were raised. I don't care who you were. You didn't lie, you didn't lie or you got in trouble. You, right. you, you know, they didn't spare the ride if mm-hmm. you lied. Mm-hmm. I'm serious. Um, so that, that's one thing, and maybe you have opinion on this too. I mean, that's one thing that I'm seeing over the last couple of years that, that I never saw before, or has never been this blatant mm-hmm. before that we actually see real truths and say, no, that ain't happen. Right. Like that, like the song, it wasn't me, right. you know, that, that didn't happen. <laughs> that didn't happen. I mean, real truths. Right. But it didn't happen. And then we got an argument. We, we, we can argue that it didn't happen and convince others, right, others mm-hmm. that it didn't happen. You know. I, That's mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. And, and, you, and you went down a, a, a very interesting road with this man, and I, 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 I just shake my head at it, and I try to stay – I try to keep my head in the Word. Um, right. And I've been reading some devotionals these last, you know, couple of weeks, man, that have been talking about everything that's going on now to a degree and how, you know, we as followers of Christ should operate in those things. Right. And I like watching movies. Right. And one of my movie, one of my favorite movies is Shooter with Mark Wahlberg. OK. Yeah. Yeah. I know, Glover, I know right. Yeah. Yep, yep. And, there, and there's a scene in the movie and every time it comes on, I watch it. Yeah, even if even if it's halfway through, I'll pick it up and watch it, right? <laughs> right. So, you know, if I'm watching, if I'm scrolling through the channels and I see it, I come on, I, I just turn it on and watch it, right? There was a scene in a movie where 
the senator guy that was Danny Glover was reporting to. I think it was played by Ned Beatty. And he said something in that movie. And that movie is like maybe 10, 15 years old. Mm-hmm. And it really reminds me of what we're living in right now. There was a movie, or a part in that movie where they're sitting back in a cab. I think it's near the end. They're sitting back in the cab and having a drink. And Ned Beatty says to Danny Glover and the other guy while they're drinking, and he raises a glass, he says, well, the truth is what I say it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the times it's like we're living in now. The truth is what I say it is. And it's even more apparent than ever because you started hearing these rumblings and making us make it seem like we was crazy when we watched eight minutes and 46 seconds. People were right. trying to act like that didn't even happen. Right. That that dude didn't sit on that dude's neck for eight minutes right. and 46 seconds. Right. right. And so to your point about the truth, you know, again, you know, we've been we've been given afforded the ability to operate off free will, and a lot of us have in this world have compromised our morals, our principles, and our faith for various yeah. reasons. It's either, and it's probably it's either three things, in my opinion, maybe four: power, mm-hmm. sex, mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. or drugs and alcohol. Those are the things I think we've compromised ourselves in where we will do anything and everything for those things. And I can even mm-hmm. throw in a fifth one, and it has to do with self-esteem, feeling relevant. People are mm-hmm. doing things to feel relevant, right? And so when yeah. you start breaking all that down, Daryl, and you see people out here, you'd be like, what was that guy or that girl or that woman thinking when they get caught up in this stuff? And so, you know, I, I, I pray for our young folks um, especially with social media being so prevalent um, and all those things going on. Um, and social media, a lot of people don't like social media, get on social media, but just like anything that's given in front of us, we got that right. free will. You do with it what you, what your, what your morals and principles and integrity says to do with it. If right. you don't have any of those things locked down, then you're going to be out there acting a fool. You're going to be out there compromising this. You're going to be out there putting your relationship all over for the world to see or whatever the case may be. You're going to do all these things on those platforms that will either for attention, for money, for power, for whatever it is, you're going to do it, right? Right. And then you have to decide for yourself, what is it that I'm going to do, you know? Um, you know, we yeah. often cow down to... And, and, and complain a lot about things we can't change. Well, if you can't change it, then there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Worry about the things you can change and focus on those. It goes back to the serenity prayer. And operate with some integrity. There's a lot of people now, you know, always want to debate the Bible, right? And when those people start to do that, I don't get into that. Um, I believe what I believe, and, and, it's, and it's personal to me. Uh, just like anybody's belief systems, you know, is personal to them. Right. Um, I have my own personal testimonies to, 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 that I can share with people on how good God has been to me. Um, right. And that's proof enough for me. Um, right. And a lot of people, well, you know, the Bible's a contradiction. The Bible's this or the Bible's that. There's a lot of principles in the Bibles, parables and principles in the Bibles, just through, through Proverbs that you can live by that are just stuff that we've already grown up on. Yeah. You know, right from oh, home, yeah. you don't yeah. lie. Yeah, you know. Yeah, stay, stay away from the crafty harlot. 
you know? Right. And, 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 and the one biggest one is, you know, and I think even some evangelicals, even some people that claim to be Christians or whatever the case may be, take this one too far, you know? When you talk about drinking and, and stuff like that, right? The Bible doesn't necessarily tell you that you shouldn't drink. Heck, Jesus made water mm-hmm. out of wine, right? Mm-hmm. But what they talk about is gluttony. Gluttony. Being a glutton with it. And and that goes, and it's not just with wine. It's with food. It's with power. Right. It's with all those right. things. Right. So, and he talked about, you know, in the, in, the, in the book of Solomon, he talks about how, you know, Solomon got greedy. You know, you can't have all those concubines. You have, you know, he the Lord put a cap on what you could have. Mm-hmm. And you went above and beyond that. And that's gluttony. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. we all have personal choices to make. And if we make, if we compromise who we are, for money, for power, for fame, for, for whatever, then we're going down the wrong road. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and, well. And, and I think we've allowed people to co-opt what's good and righteous and turn it into something that is that people look at with skepticism. Mm-hmm. With, you know, because no, there, there ain't a person right now walking God's green earth that is perfect like Jesus. Not one. If you show them to yeah. me, I will kiss your feet and give you my paycheck. Right. If you show somebody that's operating all this, all the spiritual gifts and the and, and and the demeanor of Jesus Christ, I'll give you everything I got. If you can find right. that one person and and yeah. see me and let me see them operate that the way Jesus did or was where it was written that Jesus did over their life, I don't. There's not one. You're not gonna find it. You're right. not gonna find it. We gonna we all right. get upset. We all get mad. We all do things we shouldn't do. We all do all those things, and daily, daily. daily. And some people take it <laughs> to the extreme where it's like, "Well, I don't care no more. I'm just gonna do what I want to do." Right. Instead of fixing yeah. it, instead of repenting and fixing it, they just continue to do what they want to do. But anyway, um, yeah. that's an interesting point you brought up, bro. Yeah, yeah. But getting back to to Charles, man, I'll say this: um, just Charles, up. You know, she seemed to be qualified, certified. Yep. And, and able to do the job. Yep. And really, you know, that's all that matters. Yep. And my and here's my hope. Uh, I, I, that's really all that matters. Right. And my hope is this. My thing is this because I, I try I, I try to live my life completely as an optimist, which mm-hmm. is looking at everything that can be instead of things that can't be. My, I'm optimistic that she will get in. I know, based on past history, the way the Republicans operate and things operate, history says she won't because of the color of her skin and the fact that she's a woman also. Um, but I'm optimistic that she'll get in. I think she'll get in. I think she'll do well. Mm-hmm. And if she mm-hmm. doesn't, then that's just another another step backwards for our society. Right. That's just my thing is this. And my yeah. thing is this podcast. So. Yeah. 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 Alright, so let's, mm. go, let's go ahead real quick. I'm going to rapid fire a couple things um, real quick. Um, Fairfax County high school students are helping nonverbal elementary students um, in tutoring and get social skills and things like that. I think that's a great thing because, you know, as a father of a, a son living with autism and ADHD, you know, if, if you've been following my podcast, I always got to give some love to the special needs community because I'm a part of that community. And so mm-hmm. these kids, and you know, at Fairfax High School have been doing some great things and um, they're actually – um, taking the time out to uh, spend time with 
those children that are nonverbal. Mm. Um, so, um, it's great. It is great that yeah. they're giving back. And I think, you know, cause I had a conversation with, um, a parent the other day. Right. And one of the things that we talked about was how our society views disability and, you know, especially our kids, you know, mm-hmm. uh, how cruel our kids can be. Cause Mm-hmm. This is on the heels of um, there's a young man that uh, from Nor- Norman, Oklahoma. He's in the middle school. His his video, the video went viral. Young man named Joshua, young African American student living with autism, and that particular day, the class that he was supposed to be in, he wasn't in, so he was put in a regular Gen Ed class. So mm-hmm. this 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 kid, this other student, two to three times bigger than him, started bullying him and was captured on tape, and it sparked this outrage. So Trey Young tweeted about it. Um, coach Malzer, that's the OU basketball coach, tweeted about it. A couple guys that do OU podcasts tweeted, uh, did a podcast about it. And it's like, are we teaching? What are we teaching our kids? And like you said earlier, when we were talking about this, what are these guys, these politicians, telling their kids? What are we teaching our kids? Mm-hmm. What are we teaching our kids? Because we're all created in God's image, right? We're all put here right. for a reason. You know, my, you know, right. Joshua was given to us for a reason, and that reason right. I believe is to make us better people. Right. Is to be able to give back and help out the special needs community, to make people aware and stuff like that. But to bully this kid is crazy. And yeah. So- you, just real quick, because, uh, you know, I'm guilty of this and I, I'm, you know, this I'm speaking for myself, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I'm guilty of this, like, you know, growing up. Right. And I think it is an educational thing. So growing up in school, right, you recall we had. You know, you had regular gen ed, you had advanced gen ed, right. and then you had SLE, they called it SLE, mm-hmm. right? Uh, slow learning education. Right. We didn't know anything about it, but other than it was SLE. Right. And then, you know, you saw some of the, the kids that were in there. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I'm guilty of it. At times we made fun right. of those kids. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, you know, it's, I see it wrong now. Right. Um, but growing up, others were doing it and no one told us differently that, you know, no one in school told us that these kids were dealing with something. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know if they knew, right? but no one told the gen ed or, or the advanced ed population, you know, Hey, this that there's something, you know, there's something that these kids are dealing with. Right. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't called bullying back then, right. you know. But you know, it was never a, a bullying title back then. Right. It was, but we did, you know, uh, it, right, it, wrong, it, or indifferent. Let's keep it real. It was, it, 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 it was picking on them. Let's call it picking yeah, on them. Yeah, we were picking on. Yeah, I mean, we were picking on them. Right. And um, and you know, it wasn't until later, I, you know, realized that was wrong. Right. That was wrong. And and and, and you know. Uh, one of the things, and, and that's a very good point you bring up, because, you know, we both went to the same high school. Came to South Dorchester, shout out to the Vikings, came to South Dorchester High School, came to Maryland Group City. Um, we both went to the same high school. And I remember um, that class. And it used to be one classroom, right, with one or two teachers, and every type of modality of special mm-hmm. need was in that one class. Right. 
Yep. So it's kind of, it's like looking back on it now and knowing what I know about special special needs. How is any of those kids learning with one teacher that you have? Yeah, one kid is probably has cerebral palsy in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Another kid that you know may, um, well, they don't call it mental retardation now; they call it um, intellectual disability. You know, you had maybe one, one child with autism. You may have one child with learning a learning disability, right? So you got all the different modalities. How do you get through to all of them? And so, you know, when we had Joshua, it was very interesting to find out that he was on the autism spectrum. Mm -hmm. And just going through that process and thinking back, you know, the thought came back to, well, if he has to go into special education, is it going to look like what it looked like when we went to school? Right? Right. The one class with people more severe or more advanced than him all together in one room. But special education has changed since then, since the 80s. Um, And it's evolved over the years where, you know, you don't have one classroom in schools where all the kids are stuck with different modalities. They're Mm -hmm. more integrated because of IDEA, Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, that calls for um, a free and appropriate education and inclusion. And so just the whole process has changed over the years. But you're right, as children, unless you're taught that, Right, you know, you don't know, and yeah, we all as children made fun. I remember, and I'll be transparent as well. I remember going to Sandy Hill Elementary Elementary School, right? And I don't know if it was his disability or just an injury, but there was a janitor that used to be the janitor at Sandy Hill Elementary School. I think his name was Mister Mister. I forgot what his name was. Why am I thinking Sislarski? Because Sislarski was a guy I went through went to boot camp with. But I forgot what his name, this gentleman's name was. He was a nice guy, but he right. walked with this limp where he walked. He slid his foot in front of him right. from the front to back, and we right. used to we used to mock him and walk like that, right? Right, right. Now fast forward, right, to to now being adults, and you know better once you become aware as an adult. You know what you really understand what's really right and wrong, and so on and so forth. And it was one of those situations before we had Joshua where we were aware that it was wrong to make fun of and do all these things to individuals living with special needs, right? Um, But when we had him and he was diagnosed, we became even more aware. I mean, overly aware because we were, especially with social media, and that's why I I got off Facebook. Um, You may see posts from me on Facebook, but it's coming from a social media, another social media platform, which is Instagram. Mm But I remember seeing people, and people we know would post these videos of a child having a meltdown. And they would say, oh, if there was my child, you know, oh, I'd bust his rump. When, right. Because when we had Joshua, we learned a difference between a meltdown and a temper tantrum, Daryl. There's a difference. Right. A meltdown right. is when a child is sensory overloaded. They can't exactly function and process what is going on, and it sets off this 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 fire in them that they can't control. Mm-hmm. A tantrum is different. A tantrum is you're gonna throw a tantrum that looks like a meltdown, but you're not gonna carry it on. But for so long, and you're not gonna do certain things. Like for instance, if you're having a tantrum, and you normally don't hit your parent. You're not going to hit your parent. 
no matter how much yelling and screaming you do, you know not to hit them. A child living with a disability that has a meltdown does not understand or know that. Mm. A tantrum will go on for 10, 15, 20 minutes. A meltdown could go on for up to two hours. Wow. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. A, a, A meltdown is I don't know how to control what is going on in, in my head right now. All I know is I'm upset. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to deal with it. And the only way I know how to deal with it is just to do what I'm doing now, which is act out, screaming. I mean, there were times where Joshua, when he was little, would have a meltdown, and we thought he would pass out. Mm. It was so... It was so severe. It was so severe, man. And, yeah. you know, people, people see him... And see us now, and they see him, and they think, you know, everything is perfect with us. Everything is perfect with him. He's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But from three years old up to middle school, bro, it was sometimes be World War III in his joint. Um, right. Once he got to high school and started maturing and things like that, and the stuff we were doing with him, his coping strategies and stuff like that, he got a lot better. Now it's more mouth than anything. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But before then, man, it was it was all out war. You know, mm-hmm. even up until about 13, 14 years old, man, I've been stuff thrown. I've been spitting, you know, spitting in somebody's face is the worst thing you can do to somebody. Right. My son spit in my face mm-hmm. when he was having a meltdown. Right. I mean, it was just, and you could hear him going, just screaming, hollering, ah! I mean, it would go on and on and on. And then yeah. as he got older, he would have a meltdown and he would literally break down and start crying. He's like, I don't know what I'm doing. I can't control it. I, I just, you know, and it was and it was a genuine thing and it would really hurt and it really hurt Paula's heart because she would start right. crying too because she could see that he can't control it. And, you know, moms, you know, are more sensitive, a lot more sensitive than we are. And, mm-hmm. you know, she would just break down too because he just couldn't control it. And you know mm-hmm. we we had some challenges where we had to go through, and I and we had to and I had to, as a father, mainly more disciplinarian of us too. I had to learn I can't beat autism out of my child. I can't right. beat the lack of uh, impulse control um, and executive function. You can't beat it out of a child. Right. And you know in our neighbor in our community, man. You know you get a butt whip, and that's how you cure all things. You can't mm-hmm. cure it with a child living with a disability. Joshua, Joshua have a full blown out meltdown, cause everything under the sun, and then twenty, thirty minutes later, act like nothing ever happened. Yeah. A child having a tantrum, knowing that they're wrong, will walk around with the head run, with the head down a little bit because they knew they was wrong. Mm-hmm. Him, and it used to really, it used to really bother us for a long right. time, and for a long time, it used to bother us, Daryl, for a long time to see him bounce back like that. Because we didn't have, we're we're typical normal, newer, what they call neurotypical adults. We mm-hmm. struggle with that bouncing back. Struggle, yeah. It was yeah. like this dude just basically curved out on us like this for thirty minutes, taking us through this emotional roller coaster, and then twenty minutes after it's done, he's going upstairs and settled down. He comes back downstairs like nothing ever happened. And we're here. And meanwhile, me and Paula sitting around here. We in our still emotional wrecks. Yeah. You know, we like. I'm ready to jack. I'm ready to tear that dude up. I'm I'm ready right. to do all these things, bro. And yeah, he just bounces back. And mm. those are the things that people don't understand about disabilities, man. It, it, it's a journey. 
And I always try to show love to, to parents with children with disabilities. You know, I facilitate a dad's group. We got a meeting coming mm-hmm. up on Wednesday, Zoom call coming up on Wednesday. And it's just something that we need to teach everybody to understand. And, and seeing that kid being bullied in, in Norman, Oklahoma, and then the way the school system handled it, they kind of just busted on the road. They was like, oh, well, he just was having a personality issue. No, he's, he's well, number one, he wasn't supposed to be in a class with those kids. That's the first thing. Then you're making excuses for the kid. Right. And, and then when and then when Trey Young got a hold of it and started tweeting about it and the University of Oklahoma uh, basketball coach and football team got a hold of it and all that came, stuff came with it, they ended up canceling a meeting. Norman Public Schools had a meeting with the parents and, and the community about that. And the, the, the outroar, outrage from the community, from the, from the world was so bad, they ended up canceling the meeting. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, just to, just to kind of bring this back full circle, circle right? Mm-hmm. You started talking about Fairfax County right. uh, high school kids and how they were helping, um, out, you know, helping out, giving back. Mm-hmm. And I think you mentioned a um, nonverbal right. uh, special needs kids, right? right. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, and, I, and that stuck with me because, and I, and I mentioned like, you know, how I was guilty, you know, picking, picking on mm-hmm. special needs kids, but those Fairfax kids, not only are they helping, but they're learning Yeah, something we didn't have. Right. Right. So I want maybe maybe give me your opinion. And I think maybe this will help with bullying and other things. Why don't we or should we? Schools that have special needs kids, should the gen ed kids be taught? Or or learn. About the special needs kids. A lot of school system, a lot of schools do it. Um, a lot of schools implement programs like that, and and because of inclusion, a lot of the special, a lot of our special needs students that have IEPs and five hundred fours are included in classes. Not all the classes with the gen ed students, but some of the classes throughout the day they get in, uh, gen ed instruction. Um, mm-hmm. But it's not. It's it, it's. It's a lot of schools are doing it, but it all goes back to, you know, um, a bigger picture that I always talk about, which is the have and the have nots, the way right. our society. The real way quick, our, yeah. Just so I understand, real quick. So say say there's a, um, I know they they include them, include special needs kids in Gen Ed mm-hmm. in some schools, right? But but if I have a special needs kids in the same uh, a class with me do do I learn or know or have a right to know or am I educated on the special needs of that of that kid you know where I'm going yeah yeah so, some, so that some, I don't right you some, know, some, so it ain't some, like, some some a lot of schools do that a lot of schools okay. are educating their students and kids and their peers and stuff like that but I mean the schools can only do so much because remember, right. the school is only in your child's life a part of the day. Right. Then you, then you, then you, then you're your parents' responsibility. And I think right. what should happen is that we should have our adults instilling in their kids those right things. So it's kind of one of those situations where, and it's also this too, and this is what I had to deal with uh, before we had Joshua is, is that. Until you're faced with special needs, mm. it's not that you don't 
know about it or want to understand it. It's just it doesn't just doesn't come across your doesn't come across your bow. Right. To use an so you don't term. teach your and you, and and you, you, you don't, don't teach your kids and you don't teach your kids that because it doesn't right. you don't interact with it enough you don't deal with it enough and so on and so forth so it's like I give you an example let's just say Paul and I had four kids all of our kids were two of our kids were stellar athletes the other two stellar musical musical uh, uh, artists or music musician type kids so you know we're running back and forth to football or AAU basketball, or to a recital, or to a dance recital, or to a music recital, and we're doing all those things, and we're around all those people that are associated with that, right? When are we ever going to cross paths with special needs? You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah. for some people, if it's not in front of them, going across the bow, you know, or across their windshield that they interact with and deal with on a regular basis, you become desensitized to it. You become... Right. You you know that as a child with a special needs, so you'd be like, oh okay, oh okay. But are you teaching your kids to be sensitive to them, to, right. to encourage them, to lift them up, to be friends with them? You know, to a degree, right? You know, yeah. um, and there are a lot of and trust and believe there there are a lot of kids out there that are friends of special needs children. Mm-hmm. Because special needs children have personalities too, and so on and so forth. Because there's a lot of kids out there that have that in their heart to love right. people, to love everybody, right? right. Um, you know, some of our special needs kids are not as low-functioning as people think. Oh, you know, yeah. some people think just because somebody's nonverbal doesn't necessarily mean they ain't smart. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Just because somebody's deaf or hard of hearing doesn't mean they ain't smart. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. we have to do a better job. And, you know, I, and I talked about this a, a few podcasts ago about disability laws, right, where you can create a disability law, but then something happens where your disability law becomes now and void. Like, for instance, you, if you want to ensure that blind people have the right to vote, the pandemic says, well, you got to do mail-in ballots. Are you doing mail-in ballots in Braille sent home to those people? Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And if you're yeah. not doing that, then your inclusion of them by the law is not really including them. That's true. And so you have yeah. those things that are going on. So it's a it's a big picture. And I think as a society, society has gotten a heck of a lot better. And mm-hmm. one of the reasons why it's got a heck of a lot better is because special needs is coming becoming more prevalent now than yeah. before. You know, I mean, nobody wants to admit it, but with autism. I've always said this for years that it's it's it's, it's an epidemic. To go from one in five thousand from back in nineteen eighty to now down to one in less than a hundred. Now I think they just came out of numbers mm. to one in forty four now. That's over a thirty year, thirty five year period. That's a that's an epidemic. But nobody right. wants to admit that because and there's a lot of stuff with that. You know, vaccines, you know, people, you know, talk about the MMR vaccine being the culprit. And just the environmental stuff, you know, the foods that we eat, you know, things of that nature. Um, nobody really wants to admit to it because then that means you got to take care of it. You got to mm-hmm. make reparations for it to a, to a degree. And nobody really mm-hmm. wants to do that. And we still remember we live in a society of free will, capitalists have and have nots. And so as a parent of a special needs child, you got to be selling a bullhorn for your child. If you don't, right. society's going to move right on by you. It's going to move right on by right. you. 
right, right. so we're right. at a point now. We've been on this joint because we could do this all day. But I'm going to get to a point now. <laughs> Time flies, man. Right, when you're having fun, right? <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. But I always like to do okay. um, on the My Thing Is This podcast, I'm your host, Troy Sampson, special guest, Daryl Wilson today. I always like to do shout-outs at the end of my podcast. And I got three shout-outs that I want to do. And I don't – I do this off of people that I'm familiar with that I know – I don't, you know, really shout out people that are already out there, celebrities and stuff like that. I like to shout out the the little guys like me, right? Mm-hmm. And so my first shout mm-hmm. out, which you gave me a shout out, told me to I asked you for who you want to shout out, and you said you talked about another Groove City, Cambridge, Maryland native, another graduate came to South Chester High School who's actually living down in the Georgia Atlanta metropolitan area, and that's Jermaine Johnson, who is a personal trainer. He has his own business called Body Etch Training Center, Body Etch Fitness, and his website is www.bodyetchtrainingcenter.com. So if you get a chance to go check them out, I think they have an Instagram handle, might be Body Etch Training, Mm -hmm. I think. He is known as the, I think they call him what the, what they call him, the the, the mad, the beast beast mode chef. The beast mode chef. Right. Because uh, he makes you eat. Right, it, it makes you eat a lot of the reps, right? Right, right, right. It's so a, it's a like it's a it's a pretty cool niche he has, you know, as far as repetition. Right, and yeah. so he's he's doing very well with that because I would check out his website, man, and he's got his own supplements that are branded with Body X, and so he's doing his thing. So if you're in the Atlanta, Georgia area and need a place to go work out, check out BodyXTrainingCenter.com. Uh, my man Jermaine Johnson from Groove City. Shout out to Jermaine. Um, Cambridge, Cambridge, Maryland native, graduate CSD, came to South Chester High School, he's a Viking. Check him out yeah. down in the, in the Atlanta area, um, uh, doing great things, getting people healthy. I've seen some of the before and after pictures, so he's working them out. He's definitely yeah. making them eat those reps, so he's earning his reputation and name as Beast Mode yeah. Chef. So yeah. check him out. The next person I'm going to shout out, or the next two people I'm going to shout out, are two ladies that I know personally. And they are special needs moms. And one is uh, Mika Caldwell. Mika Caldwell is the mom of six children. And her last child, her baby boy, Anayan uh, Caldwell, is living with Down syndrome. And so she has written two books, um, one called A Friend Like Anayan uh, and another one called A Friend Like Anayan, The First Day of School. And they're both available in paperback on Amazon.com. She has a website, brownbaby321.org. Check that out. She's on Instagram as well. Her IG handle is brownbaby321. She is on Facebook as well under author Mika Caldwell. That's M-E-E-K-A, Caldwell. And so check her out. Uh, She's a great mom. She's doing a lot of things in the DMV area with Down syndrome. She's done interviews. They've been on YouTube videos. A nine that was actually um, when they had the Down syndrome celebration in Times Square. His actually his, his, his picture was up on the big jumbo trying in Times Square, mm. and so they're doing great things. Her husband Terry is a great brother. He's been a part of my dad's group. Um, he went through a, a program called the Father's Place of Prince George's County um, up here in PG, up here in Prince George's County, Maryland, and so he's doing his thing with that and. Um, and just check her out. Like I said, go to brownbaby321.org, um, and that's Mika Caldwell, Brown Baby, uh, A Friend Like a Nyan is her books. And then the other lady I want to shout out 
is uh, Letitia Odomite. Um, she is a member of our special needs ministry. Both of them are members of our special needs ministry at our church. Um, and she's got two books out. Uh, her son Jordan is a teenager and living with autism. And her book, her first book she put out was called How Autism Saved My Life, Finding mm. Spirituality, Discernment, and Healing. And then she just released a second book called A Routine Interrupted, How Fasting Changed Everything. And both her books are also paperback books available on Amazon uh, as well. Um, her IG handle is at Mrs. MRS underscore 23. That's at Mrs. underscore 23. And then she also does a blog online uh, called My Jordan Rules at myjordanrules.blogspot.com is where her blog is. And so she writes about, you know, her journey with her son Jordan um, and the special mm. diets that she has to put him on and stuff like that. And so these are two awesome moms, um, Don and her husband, um, Letitia. Uh, I'm sorry, Don and her husband, but Letitia and her husband, Don, they have a rack of kids too. And so, you know, their dad's standing in the gap, but the moms are the ones really uh, doing these things and writing these books. And so shout out to Mika Caldwell and Letitia Damate, and also big up to Jermaine Johnson, BodyAssTrainingCenter.com down there in the Georgia area. Uh, Letitia and Mika are actually local here in the DMV, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. So check them out. And so like I said, I always want to give shout outs to people. Um, but my last shout out, and I've been saving this one, is shout out to my sister, your bride, Elena Wilson. Oh. Shout out to yeah. Elena. <laughs> she is the principal at Lindley Middle School down there in Georgia. And she is trying to do great things. Um, she's had some challenges. Of course, all of our school systems have had challenges with COVID. Um, yeah. Shutting everything down and doing all those things. But Elena has been, you know, that one. She is, you know, has risen herself up through the ranks um, as a teacher and administrator. And now she's got, this is her second school she's been principal of. Um, she's got a tough job ahead of her. We just keep her in prayer and lift her up. She's the right one for the job. She just needs mm-hmm. the resources. Um, and she's going to do great things, man. She's going to do yeah. great things. And she's got a great guy, yeah. her husband by her side, the one and only Daryl Wilson, who's on this podcast with us, standing in the gap for her, encouraging her, lifting her up, and being that rock thank to you. her. And uh, yeah, Thank you. So that's the shout out. But again, brother, appreciate, appreciate it, man. I mean, listen, you know, we got to do this again, man. I mean. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And man, the time just slipped by, right? I know, right? I you know, know, I mean, I know. a couple of hours to say, a couple of hours. I know, but, right? you know, when you into the dialogue, the exchange, the back and forth, mm-hmm. hearing your ideas, hearing my ideas, um, time just go by fast. So, you know, um, hopefully whatever we talked about today can be helpful to someone else um, and, and inspire someone else. Exactly. Uh, have have others generate their own ideas and opinion about the topics we mentioned. So I'm just glad to be on. Thank you for having me on. And yeah, I hope we can do it soon again. I might, you might even inspire me to start one, but <laughs> it's gonna be a while. <laughs> hey, 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 listen, but listen, man. I mean, these podcasts, man. I thought it was something, you know. First of all, thank you very much for being on. I mean, it's been a blessing um, to hear your insights, to hear your wisdom, hear your perspective. Um, thank you for that. Thank you for being on and being available, man. Um, these podcasts, man. You know, once you figure out how to put one together and all the technical stuff around it, it's just having a conversation. 
You know, my very first one I did, I was nervous. I was crazy. I was messing up. I had to do multiple retakes. And (laughs) after like the first few, I've settled down now, man. The nervousness is gone. And it's just because you realize it's just having a conversation. You know, you want to have a format, too. And I try to put together a format and and segue into stuff. But it's just having a conversation, you know. Right. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's public speaking behind a microphone, except for you don't have a crowd sitting out there watching you. Um, but it's just no different from that. It's just having a conversation, sharing your opinion, chopping it up. If you have guests on, yeah. just chopping up with the guests. Right. And feeding, yeah. feeding off each other, um, making sure you got a, a format and a point, and making sure that you know you do have you know most of your facts, if not all your facts, straight, um, and those things, and just. Letting it flow, man. And again, I appreciate you, brother. And hopefully, yeah. you know, we can do something again. Uh, I'm going to try in 2022 to not be so long-winded with myself, just me talking, <laughs> and maybe have more guests on. Um, and hopefully this thing will grow. I got to figure out the the marketing of it, um, how to get the mm-hmm. word out more and more and more, just to get more feedback and see how people like it. And um mm-hmm. You know, I try to bring something different, man. Most people, you know, most people do it for the money. I'm not doing it for the money. I'm just doing it to share information. Um, right. And just try to reach people. It's like what the scripture right. I put out every day. I don't do that right. for guts and glory. I do that because that may be the Bible that one person may only see, you know, that day or period. Right. And so, or, or, or the scripture that person needs that day. Right. And so I don't do it yeah. for likes. I don't do it for check marks and likes. I just do it because... God has placed that, placed something like that on my heart to do. Right. And um, the world needs more of it, man. We need more positivity in the world, man. And again, appreciate I you, you, brother. Yeah, Thank love you, you. Thank you for being on. Love you too, brother. Yeah. And uh, with that being said, my thing is this podcast. We're going to go ahead and shut this thing out, and we're going to be out. I'm going to remix this thing. Watch this. Thank you very much for tuning in this week. Be sure to tune in next week. Hit the like and subscribe buttons. And then remember, the next time somebody says something to suspect, or eh, tell them my thing is this, because your opinion matters. I'm your host, Troy Sampson. Have a blessed week, and we are out.